Hello, and welcome to the AMSSM CMO Corner Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Austin, and our guest on this episode is Dr. John DeFiori, the past president of the AMSSM and the chief medical officer of the NBA. Our conversation took place in early December of 2020, leading up to the start of the 2020-2021 NBA season. We talked about his role as a sports medicine director of the NBA, some of the lessons and takeaways from last year's bubble season, and much more. I am here with Dr. John DeFiori, who is currently the Chief of Primary Care Sports Medicine at the Hospital for Special Surgery in New York City. He has worn many hats over the years, as we know, including being on several committees that set research initiatives, policies, and standards for player health and safety, both nationally and internationally. Such settings have included working with the FIBA, the International Basketball Federation, the NHL, the Olympic, and Pan American Games. Today, we're gonna focus more on his work as Director of Sports Medicine for the NBA during the time of the COVID pandemic, where there has been great anxiety and uncertainty about the present and future of sports. Today, we'll sit down with him for a conversation pertaining to his role in the NBA after successful completion of a bubble season. Dr. DeFiori, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Ashley. It's a pleasure to be here and look forward to talking with you about this very interesting and difficult circumstance that we're all in. Yeah, so this is quite the year we've had thus far and we're here wrapping up 20, wrapping up 2020 soon. Um, But we had just a few questions for you today and thanks for giving us your time. The first question we had um, is, so what intrigued you about this role of sports medicine director for the NBA? Uh, That's a good question. Um, I'm finishing up my sixth year uh, with the NBA and I think when I was contemplating that opportunity, you know, it was, uh, I think what what really encouraged me to pursue it was that in my interactions with the people in the league, and at that time, the relatively new commissioner, Adam Silver, I felt that this was an organization that dealt with everything that they did with high integrity and wanted to do things you know, the right way. They really were putting forth an initiative on player health and safety. Um, they also had an interest in youth basketball, which was of interest to me um, outside of the NBA. And I think they had great plans to expand what they did from a health and safety standpoint, um, including developing research and, and not, not just the day-to-day player health in terms of injuries and injury prevention, they really had a bigger vision of what they had hoped to do. And I think that was, that's probably was the most important thing to me. I felt that this was a group who were really wanted to do this in the best possible way on behalf of players. And uh, that made me feel comfortable with, with taking, taking on what, you know, is a, is a quite a unique and, um, you know, opportunity um, with the NBA. Well, I know sports fans like myself are pretty excited to see this partnership and this ability for, you know, athletes like the NBA players to have an opportunity to play and and to also have the type of support they needed to be able to do it in a safe way. So it was exciting to see um, that season happen during a time that was pretty uh, challenging for a lot of us. So as you were, um, you know, constructing this uh, NBA bubble, what were you most surprised about? Well, I should say that, you know, there are an awful lot of people 
working really hard seven days a week, sometimes, you know, 20 hours a day, trying to determine if we were going to be able to do it um, and if it was going to be safe, which was our really our top priority. Could we do this safely uh, from a player health and safety standpoint? But not only just not only the players, but the coaches, the referees, all of the support staff. And it was quite an endeavor. And we were learning week to week. I mean, it was very early um, at that time in the pandemic. And, and so information was, you know, was, there wasn't much. I mean, the, at that time, the virus had only been around a few months. So we were eagerly working with our colleagues in Europe and Asia, Australia, to, to gather as much information as we could and learn from them. Um, I, I think it, I think probably what what struck me the most um, was that after all the time and effort and, and detail that was put into setting things up uh, for the bubble was the implementation of it. And, and when I say implementation, I don't just mean you know having you know the hotel space and the meals and 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 these medical support and all those things you know you'd think are pretty pretty important but i think to me was once we got going how engaged the players were in, in what we were doing there and you know um, they really took to heart the personal protection that was needed even though we were testing every day in, in a really a contained environment they, they understood what was necessary. They did that. And at the same time, they were so focused on competition. Um, I think those of us who watch the league and work with the league were really amazed at how focused um, they were on the games, on winning. And, um, you know, I think that really made this whole thing shine even more was um, yes, we were successful from an infection control standpoint, um, and we certainly <laughs> we were certainly not putting our best to the very end. But the fact that the players really participated and engaged and were really so highly motivated from the health and safety standpoint and the basketball standpoint, I think made it very rewarding at the very end to, to finally uh, you know have a successful completion of the season. Well, I imagine, too, that's a testament to just the trust that the players had in the system you all created, that they could actually, you know, understand that their care was was being, uh, you know, they were being well taken care of so they could actually focus on basketball during a, during a time that was challenging both, I imagine, on and off the court, um, especially with, um, you know, all the, the social justice reforms and all of that that was going on as well. So Yeah, yeah, there was an awful lot going on. In, and I think, you know, goes to the players uh, and their leadership in the players association um, you know the players who are on the executive committee as well as the full-time staff of the players association it was a tremendously collaborative process really really high level professionalism um, with all of the details that were needed and I think because of that and the transparency with that process I do think it gave the players the feeling that at, at the at the end of all that, that they felt comfortable moving forward uh, and, and restarting the season. 
I imagine. And, and as you alluded to a little earlier, you know, it's one thing to sort of design this bubble system, right? But it's a whole other thing to actually insert people into the system and see if what you created works. So, you know, having adaptability, I imagine, was also key. Just, um, you know, every week can look different than the next week. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, it's a really good point is that one of the key things I think that helped us was that we were collecting data in real time and we were analyzing that. We were observing, you know, just the experiential aspects of it and sort of on a really day to day, but week to week basis for sure. Um, we changed our protocols, uh, our, our uh, testing and interpretation protocols within two weeks of of using them because we began to see things um, that, you know, we thought we might see, but we weren't sure the best way to handle them. And we were being very conservative and we developed some modifications that allowed us to handle those, you know, um, findings in, in a safe way um, and sort of facilitate, you know, uh, participation without risking uh, infection. So, Absolutely, the, the ability to modify and interpret and work again. Everything was done in collaboration with the players and the players' association, um, which required a, a lot of time and communication. But it really was very effective. Talking a little bit more about that, so you know, once this bubble is put together and these players are are playing, you know, there are obviously the the general things that are going on during the season with injury, mental health, and that sort of thing. But then being in a bubble atmosphere, um, how do you think that affected, you know, being in a bubble situation affects both the physical and mental aspect of players because, you know, there may be bubble seasons in the future for a lot of sports. So what kinds of things uh, should be taken in consideration when you're constructing a bubble like this uh, as it pertains to those two things? Yeah, yeah. So that was certainly one of the things that we focused on is how we were going to support mental health uh, in, in the bubble. And, um, you know, it, it, was, <laughs> it was uncharted territory. Um, no one had gone through that kind of an experience before. Um, and I think there were great pains to, that were taken by the league um, to ensure recreational opportunities and downtime and nice environment um, and to try to support sort of that decompression time that everyone needs and sort of that you know, ability to communicate with others and, you know, just socialize to the extent that you, you can, uh, you know, with social distancing and everything. But we also had on site uh, 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 one of our MBA lead psychologists who was available to not only the players, but all of the staff that were, you know, there supporting the operation. And you can imagine that if you're there and you're miles from home and you're testing every day and, and all of a sudden you have a positive test uh, with the anxiety that that can create, or if you're a player and your family's finally getting the, the chance to come uh, in late August and one of your family members tests positive and they're in quarantine and you, know, you can just imagine the, the types of, you know, disruptions that, and, and, and sort of consternation that that provokes and so having support for them and teams some teams did bring their own mm -hmm. uh, you know psychology and mental health support with them and um, but I think that was really you know something that we we had anticipated and it it fortunately worked out really well I think that players and others took advantage uh, of the support 
and I think as partly as a result of that, um, it went, I think, much probably more smoothly than we had thought from, from that aspect. And I, I know personally, as I was watching the season, you know, I was watching the games very differently than I'd watched them before, because, you know, just knowing all the things that have to go into creating something like this, you know, usually you're just kind of watching basketball, but this was more than that, right? This was a, um, an, a huge collaborative effort. So it was just on such a huge magnitude. Uh, there were so many moving parts and things that had to be, you know, working right. So um, yeah, again, just uh, incredible that, you know, you all were able to have that successful season. Um, are, are there any lessons you have from, you know, or maybe just you know, one lesson that might be the main lesson that you want to take forward, you know, to the 2021 season, if, if, you, if you all do have a bubble, is there anything you want to, you know, do differently or something you may consider that you hadn't previously? Well, I think the foundation of being extremely detailed and, and doing it in a collaborative way with the Players Association and the transparency, I think that is foundational to, to to engendering success in, in a very difficult circumstance. Now, as we move forward to the season, which is going to start now in just a few weeks, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's more of a challenge, quite frankly, because, you know, we're going to try to play nearly a full season, 72 games. We are setting out uh, without a bubble. You know, who knows what will happen come playoffs, or we have to be prepared to adapt. The pandemic is still, you know, hasn't reached its peak, unfortunately, and it's certainly right now at its worst point since it started. You have um, different aspects that come into play that, you know, will need to be um, managed in, in, a, in a very, you know, difficult circumstance. And I think a lot of this will be continuing to you know, emphasize the need for masking, mask wearing and social distancing and not letting your guard down, you know. You know, this season is just going to be a whole different, you know, challenge. Yeah, we've learned a lot and we've learned a lot from our colleagues in the NHL and Major League Baseball and the NFL, and Major League Soccer, who have all had great success. And, you know, people forget that, you know, Major League Baseball did a great job. They, they had some hurdles in the beginning and they adapted. And they ended up being, having a successful season. NHL did an unbelievable job with their bubble. Major League Soccer doesn't really get recognition for being the first to, to come out and do that. Um, and again, had some challenges, adapted. And the NFL obviously has even more of a challenge with the size of their teams, the travel, and then sort of the escalation of the pandemic during their season. And so I think being aware of the data and being adaptable and, and implementing necessary measures along the way is going to be incredibly important for us to have a chance to, to complete a full, you know, nearly a full season. Well, I hope, I hope you all can do that. And yes, 2021 will serve as another interesting year. So we're, we'll have a couple back to back, I believe, but um, kind of just thinking a little bit about, you know, the different leagues that you mentioned and them all having their, um, you know, processes of doing things. Um, I know you've worked with amateur sports in the past and you've done some policies and things for that. So, um, you know, what aspects of the NBA's approach to their bubble um, season, if any, might be applicable to amateur sports? 
Well, I, I, think you, I think people have to remember, while testing is very important, testing doesn't prevent the infection. And what prevents the infection as best as we possibly can is mask wearing, social distancing, washing your hands. And it's very difficult to be disciplined on that for extended periods of time uh, for anyone. But I think it's really important for, for any organization that's trying to um, put together competition that that has to be um, really, there has to be a consistent implementation. There has to be recognition that, you know, if, if in, 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 for example, professional leagues, you know, there are consequences beyond, you know, not being able to play because you developed the infection if, if you're not practicing you know, following through on the protocols. That's harder in a, in a population to do something like that. But I think that has to be emphasized. You cannot rely simply on your teammates or testing to say, you don't need to wear a mask. I mean, that that's just not going to be a successful competitive environment or successful in, in any really environment right now in the pandemic. So testing is very important. Um, PCR testing is, is clearly superior. And uh, there are point of care PCR tests that are being developed uh, and are in relatively short supply right now, but will be available uh, in greater supply as time goes on. They will be very helpful in allowing, you know, not just sports, but businesses and things to function in a much more, you know, close to normal fashion. So the technology is developing. Obviously, we have the vaccines coming down the road. Um, but I think in the meantime, and we're talking, you know, months now, for any sport, you really have to think, can we safely implement this with, you know, pro proper prevention measures? And secondly, do we have the resources to do the testing? And without the resources to do that, it's, it's just not going to be very easy. And I think we're already starting to see that now with, um, you know, college basketball is already you know, running into difficulty. And it's, not, it's nothing against anyone's efforts. It's just a very difficult challenge. And the resources involved in trying to meet that uh, are just vast. And other than professional sports leagues, it's, you know, you'd wonder if anyone has this sort of, you know, resources to be able to do it. Right. And that's, that's very helpful. And, um, you know, just hearing and hopefully our listeners are hearing just the amount of the amount of efforts and from a lot of different places that are required to even have something like the professional leagues, I imagine similarly with the MLB and, and the other leagues that you mentioned. So um, a lot goes into it. And like you're saying, a lot of resources. So something to consider, um, you know, at all levels of play when you're considering having, you know, seasons going forward. So um, thanks for that level of detail that you gave. And um, thank you again for joining us today. I know it's a busy time of year for you right now. And, uh, you know, the NBA is, you know, on the cusp of, you know, uh, another season. So, um, yeah, you, it's very uh, helpful to hear from you. And um, your voice is important to us at AMSSM. So thanks for taking the time out of your day. Thanks, Ashley. And uh, it was nice to chat with you. And i um, happy to have the opportunity. You can find the full transcript of this conversation in the Sideline Report newsletter on the AMSSM website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you will join us for the next episode of the CMO Corner Podcast.